looks like I care a lot about the Pond Theater, so much that we're having it at 1 p.m. this time instead of 2 p.m. Well, the reason why is that I have another show, which is the Gaming Tadpole. I moved it to Friday because of, you know, the weather and everything. I'm your host, Chase, and with me is just Cody this time. Justin, I think he's got a filming gig of some sort, so that's taken up his two weekends. Um, I'm going to see if I can move it to Saturday, just this week and maybe even next week. I don't think that can work out, but, you know. Today, speaking of I Care A Lot, actually, that's in the name of one of the movies we're talking about, I Care A Lot. It's a Netflix film that's got some recognizable stars in it, and it's going for some awards, too. Which that's the interesting. It's a Golden Globe uh, nominee. I mean, you before you even watch the film, it, it has that like right underneath the title. Interesting. Disney Plus they released a new or new uh, live action movie about a squirrel and it's was it Flosser eulogy? I don't know. Um, and a film that we were going to talk or well you guys wanted to talk about a couple weeks ago or last week it was uh earwig and the the head drum or whatever and it's the new uh, here or well, it's the new studio ghibli it's not made by harry miyazaki it's from his son oh <laughs> hey you look you see my my uh okay really said sets set ruby ruby set 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 yeah, my dog is looking so confused maybe not because i was like ruby set and she's like what no i think she's learning set i think i don't know she's been barking at some neighbors or at least something that she saw out the window and she's been going crazy well, at least for a few hours, she's just had a crazy mode. She tried to go into the fireplace and uh, eat chalk, not chalk, the, the coal. So I had to, yeah, I had to do some uh, some pet parenting. Probably suffering from cabin fever. Our dog has been going crazy. He's been barking more than usual because he's not getting his adequate amount of outside time. Maybe. I mean, another thing to note is she is still a bit, I mean, she's five months old. She's not even mm-hmm. a year old. So I, I don't know. She's, she's been, I mean, she's potty trained now or my, my dog, Ruby, she's a toy poodle. That's like really young, but she's learned. I mean, I wouldn't say she's that much of a baby. I mean, I'm even thinking of testing the waters of her going upstairs. Cause we have a, a cage where not cage but like a little fence where she can't go up because she wasn't potty trained at the time but i'm gonna test that out and see how that works but yeah now she's in her calm mode which is good now now i can do this but yeah i mean that's what we have to do i I was gonna talk about my hero academia and demon slayer but now i have to push that yet another week the reason why as i i mean i've kind of already mentioned that before so we have just two shows back to back. I'm trying not to make them cut in too close. So we'll just focus on those movies today and then maybe next time. I mean, I want to get to it before 
season five of My Hero Academia. So, and, you know, some of the other animes been watching. But, yeah, I mean, uh, nothing new. How are you? Uh, like, is there anything new you want to bring up about yourself? Just uh, know you know, I've been very blessed during this snowpocalypse. I've been able to manage power and water the whole time. Though I don't know where you're at if there's a water boil, but the city I am is telling us to boil our water, even though they are replenishing the water supply. So I may be one of the lucky ones. Oh, here she goes. No, 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 Ruby, I'm, I'm recording. No, Ruby, set, set, set. There you go. There you go. See, you can set. You can set. There you go. There you go. So you just have to set her aside and then give her some pets. And then she'll know, okay, uh, Papa Chase has got something to do. So I shouldn't keep that. There you go. There you go. See, everything works out. Anyway, well, in Melissa, I've actually may have been lucky because I have had no outages whatsoever and only limited water. Water would come out only cold and in certain sinks some not really so there was definitely some issues we faced but not nothing too extreme if anything really if anything when it comes to even water we had a lot of water bottles to where i could just put out a water bottle and just use it to refill the pets water instead of the sink now almost everything is just back the way it is the the snow in our area is melting pretty fast so we're kind of getting out of it the only thing is that one of the sinks don't have hot water with it so i can it's like right next to my room there's a sink where you can turn on for cold water but hot water not so much so I don't know what that means, but as far as water boiling or possibly a uh, outburst, just something going wrong that's real property damage, I don't think we've experienced that. I'm very fortunate and probably lucky because I've been seeing lots of videos of people dealing with friends of mine who've had leaks. So I am very blessed to not have many issues, if any issues at all. Um, yeah same here yeah it's just that the city wants us to boil water our water pressure is pretty decent now and some of my internet apps are touch and go like i couldn't work a full shift last week uh, last night i was like one of the only few people that was able to work most of the week but my internet kept like not wanting to work last night but it hasn't completely shut off um just some things take forever to load, which I wasn't able to watch the Flora and Ulysses movie because Disney Plus wouldn't play it for me. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah, we haven't had anything like that. I, my dad actually thought we were going to last night, but we end up not even having any power issues at all. So... One of my co-hosts for the gaming tadpole, in fact, why we push it to Friday, she kept having outages on and off, and it was going all the way till Thursday. So, and thankfully she's all right. I mean, it seems like at least around my circle, everybody I know 
is getting things back together. I mean, some have had property damages and leaks of some sorts, but I've seen people here, and I think it's in Houston or Austin, but people down there lose an entire house due to the snowstorm. Like they had a video showing off that there was a hole in the ceiling, like snow was coming down. And it's scary because of the degrees going out there, and I hope they are right. That is something I don't even want to think about having to deal with and the fact that some actually went through that and hopefully survived. But yeah, and uh, there were some people being very snarky and uh, over there in the Northern's like, hey, take that, you Texans, you conservatives. And I'm like, not all of us here voted for Trump. And I, I don't know, if you put politics over morals, I, I just don't, I, I'm not for that. Yeah, that's not cool. But luckily, our president and other members of our government who are not conservative have raised money to help the state of Texas. Yeah, that is good. Let's go ahead and get in these movies, shall we? Since, uh, you know, as, as I've mentioned, starting with I Care A Lot, since this is a Golden Globe nomination, I didn't even watch the Golden Globes. I heard. They rejected One Night in Miami and uh, Judas, or uh, was it Judas and the Black Messiah? I I don't think they rejected One Night in Miami because Regina King's nominated for best. Well, director. they they gave well they only gave an award to Regina King, but they didn't really give anything to the movie. Okay, uh, that that's what I heard is that and that I was. I know that they um. They considered Minari not up for Best Picture, even though it's an American film, just because it's there's a good chunk of it is in Korean, because it's about a Korean family. Yeah, the whole thing is Hollywood still has that diversity issue, and I'm not saying, hey, you gotta just vote something just because it's got a, a different skin color and everything. No, of course, whoever the best man or woman w- wins but I feel like they deliberately tried to minimize the achievements for people of different uh, race, sexuality, even to this day. Because when I heard that, yeah, Regina King got that award, but they didn't do anything for One Night Miami and Judas and, and the Black Messiah. It's like, okay, if we need to throw them a bone so they could shut up. That's the kind of message that I received when hearing that. And the fact that they actually gave awards at the Golden Globes to this Sia movie I heard about that's very offensive to autistic people. I forgot the name of it, but there was controversy of it, of its depiction to uh, an autism or autism. I think it's called music. Yeah, that ended up getting awards or at least getting more more Globe, Golden Globes recognition than One Night in Miami or more chances than One Night in Miami. I don't know per, for a fact of what it won, but the cases, yeah, whenever I hear a movie say, this is a Golden Globe winner or nominee, put it in their title, I'm, I'm always like, okay, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant. But what is this movie here? You have two uh, scumbags 
I mean, that's kind of who they are. They run a business where they scam the heck out of elders by pretending to make them feel like they need care, then taking them in, uh, stealing their money, not letting the younger family members in. It's kind of a cruel thing, a cruel business practice that they somehow are able to get away with. And due to their expert planning and conversations with the lawyer to, to seem like they're actually doing the right thing and not scamming people. Well, one little target that they decide to mess with end up being linked to an ex-Russian mafia, which put them in a lot of hot water when they get angry and they, they respond with uh, progressing acts of violence or progressing threats of violence. And it's an interesting thing of a battle between two despicable people and you're there watching it going, okay, I mean, they answer the question, is there a character do I feel sympathy for? Well, that's an interesting question. I have to say the concept of this, I mean, I've, the, whole, the whole idea of having two terrible people go at each other and see which one wins. I mean, that could be used for something great. I'm, I'm not one of those people who always needs that guy you got to root for or girl you got to root for and, you know, clear good guy or bad guy. It all revolves around the writing. And, I mean, I really like the performances of these actors and actresses here. I mean, Peter Dinklage, that was one that, I mean, I went in without even seeing a trailer. And Peter Dinklage, that was a surprise and a delight. He really, I won't even know if to call him an antagonist again, because both of these main characters here, uh, they both seem like antagonists. And, I mean, that's the that's an interesting question. Do you root for anyone? I mean, what did you feel going into this movie? Um, I don't think there's anyone to root for, but the term protagonist doesn't necessarily mean a good person. Yeah. It's just whoever the film centers around. I did kind of feel sorry for Diane Weiss's character at the beginning before the plot started unraveling about her connection with everything but at first i'm like this old lady's just reading the paper having her tea and these people come and say you gotta leave your home now i I know that that made me so mad that they just basically i mean they deducted her because she's just minding her own business and like we're we're sorry you have terrible memory loss and uh you are not to be trusted we 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 need to protect you we need to take you into care you are abide by law to come with us and it's like i what memory loss i'm perfectly fine i was just having a good day what the heck and immediately she our main character who is played by uh rosamond pike rosamond who is that's how this is a golden globe nominated film she is up for a golden globe nomination for best actress in a musical or comedy which this movie is not either. I guess it's kind of a satire, but I wouldn't call this a satire. I guess not. I mean, some of the characters here are over the top. I mean, Peter Dinklage, 
owning his own gang, eating donuts, and before he threatens to shoot someone. I mean, there are there are parts of even the, the thugs that he sends over. They're kind of over the top and goofy. I mean, I I, I didn't take this film a hundred percent serious. And the other thing is, I was thinking when watching this, could they even get a like in, in, in real life? Could they even get away with this? Interesting. Yeah, and I think this movie gets elevated because of Rosamund Pike and Peter yeah. Dinklage, and even Diane Weist and some of these supporting characters. I think the talent makes this movie worth the almost two-hour runtime of just watching. I think it's a movie that you don't really get too much anymore, but it's kind of a nice place for Netflix because it's a competently made, well-acted thriller with some talented actors. Yeah, but, I, I guess the thing is that Roseman uh, Pike as uh, Marla, I mean, the, if you want to know what character actually did feel bad for her, that's uh, Isa Gonzalez's as friend, uh, the main character's wife. Uh, so, and that's great. You have a lesbian representation there, but she's actually the one uh, going to Marla. Hey, we got to back out of this. You're dealing with the Russian mafia. I don't want to have my life threatened and everything. And Marla's the one going, no, I can't be defeated. We're, we're going to win. She's not going anywhere. And I'm just looking at Marla's like, what are you doing? Like, I mean, I, I found both characters equally despicable. But the fact that Marla is just putting her wife in danger just to try to, in the desire to make as much money as possible. And, and not even having good research, too. Like, she didn't even look into the, the sea or... Diane's uh, history to know that she is connected to a dangerous mafia because they even tried to tell her, look, look, you got to back out of this. We'll give you money, but you don't want to mess with who's behind this. And she's like, ah, oh, try me. And and right as they, they, they even discovered the, the first twist, I'm like, okay. And yet she still wants to fight it. And like, you're putting yourself and your wife in, in possible death and also getting into things that are illegal. I don't know if I should be concerned for what happens to you. Yeah, that's the question. Do you feel bad for what's going on with her? Or do you feel like, well, she put herself in this situation and she's kind of doing a terrible thing? Well, yeah, she... these are questions this movie asks. Is like... Do you feel bad or do you feel like, you know, she poked that bear, she went into that dangerous zone? Well, I would feel what? bad if there was a little bit of decency in you where you're just, I mean, you might you might getting into some schemy, terrible things, but there there's a little bit of sympathy where you're like, you know what, okay, I don't like what they're doing, but I, I like that person. She's a, she is a terrible person to everybody even into her with her own wife just trying to fight her on on this one thing so really i I just don't now it's not saying the movie is bad or like i didn't get invested because i i 
I'm enjoying how this unravels and it makes me even think about, you know, the an old folks home. It, it just that's who we should feel bad about this movie is all yeah. these elderly people that are being taken advantage of. Yeah. And the fact that as you were nodding your head that this could actually happen in real life, that's scary. It is. And what's even scary is that this could happen and be considered perfectly legal because, you know, they get like doctor's testimonies and list all these issues. And if you're a judge hearing this, it sounds like that's the thing to do. Yeah, I guess so. So in that respect, I mean, that respect, that respect on just the, the performances and everything, I I mean, I was enjoying this movie. I wasn't bored. It just the decisions made by the protagonist made me hard to feel sympathy for, I mean, the, the relationship between those two, especially that at no point does her wife even back out on her own. I mean... I, I get the, the fact that you love each other, but she's possibly going to get you killed, like murdered, just to try to get rich. Is that worth it? I mean, to me, that I mean, when you don't have morals, I just feel like something crosses the line, even if it happens so happens to be your, you know, your, your brother, your sister, or, or your family relative. I mean, if that person that is relate, related to you in any way is terrible. I, I don't think you are obligated. I know some people feel like that because they feel like family is family no matter what. I'm not that person. You know, I, I've heard stories about abusive uh, family relationships and just things that are not pleasant at all. Just back out. So, I mean, it's some of the decisions made by the characters where I don't think this film is as brilliant as it's it's an omni but as far as the i mean i, I mean not not the nami what i'm trying to say is i don't think the film is as brilliant as some others say because it's got a great ron tomato score i don't think it's a bad movie i mean i'd say you can enjoy it i actually had a low good time with it it is a quality made film i just don't think parts of the story are that strong and, no, I think yeah. it's the actors that elevate this material. I agree with you. There are much better made films about morally compromised or morally corrupt characters who you don't necessarily sympathize or empathize with, with their actions and what they're doing. But yeah, there's there's something missing in the writing. But I, well, think, yeah. the act, I think the actors make this movie an enjoyable time. Even if you are like, both these people are horrible human beings. I don't like either one of them. Well, yeah, I mean, in parts of it, it could feel very cartoony, too. And, and I can't tell if this film wanted to take its message seriously or if it wanted to be over the top. I, I mean, the thugs that that uh, Peter Dinklage sent out, I mean, especially that hospital scene of someone breaking in yeah that that guy felt like he came out of a b movie and it just it was so different from the perform the quality of performances you get from the main characters 
and that's where I, I get a little conflicted about how you feel this movie. But I I definitely liked it. I will, I mean, maybe not loved, but I liked it. Oh. Yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, it's just a liked movie. It's a it's a nice little compact thriller. If yeah. you're looking for something to watch this weekend, and you like those type of films, you might enjoy this. Okay, what do you give it? I'll give it a good. Okay. On to the next movie, which is Floris and Ulysses or whatever the crap. It's a new Disney Plus original film. I've been mixed about them. I've seen some good or decent Disney Plus. uh, I mean, movies and shows too, but also some bad. I think Disney Plus is at a a point because now we got the Marvel shows where, okay, they'll be a not very good Disney Plus film and I won't really care because I mean now the Marvel content is here and now you got all this other big content you've been teasing for years that's supposed to come out here and I'm looking forward to Sneakerill I interviewed the actress who was a part of that film I'm looking forward to that I mean it sounds like a cool concept and some other things too I mean hopefully Disney Plus takes advantage of bringing their films into vod again i mean ray of the lost dragon last dragon is the next one and now there's corella and all that i I mean well that that i don't know that might be theaters only. yeah i was about to ask is corella gonna be theatrical or is it gonna go to either vod or just straight to streaming i don't know they're they're jumbling these dates around i think maybe it's because of the vaccines i have a feeling disney is hopeful to put these in the theater by the summer so maybe corral is going to be the summer only i don't know i mean they're they're hoping by may that the theaters are safe enough for a good chunk of the population to go to a theater for black widow yeah so who knows but with this you have a little girl who uh, you know is uh bought by disney <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this movie does this movie feel like a product? Because they don't waste time. I mean, it's about a, a little girl who loves comic books, but the, it, it, it's always Marvel characters they bring up. You don't see Batman or, or Superman or anything because that's Warner Brothers. But that isn't the only Disney reference that they make a ton of references out of. Uh, they're, I mean, their house. Their house of the doorbell ring is the Darth Vader theme song. Da da da. I'm like, okay, do you have to remind me this is a, this is, and I, I like to say this is just a smallest part, but they frequently make references uh, talking about Marvel or talking about Star Wars or just different Disney owned properties. I'm like, okay, stop that. Just, just stop. The other thing about this film, and maybe that explains just the obsessive use of references, or at least a, a little oh, too much for me. I feel like this is them testing the waters for Squirrel Girl. <laughs> or maybe they're they're like, you know, let, let's just put out this relatively cheap Disney, uh, Disney Plus movie. I mean, it, it's a film with Disney Channel lighting you can see that the camera work isn't that expensive it's it, i mean a relatively cheap movie 
Except all, almost all the animals are CG and they look fake as heck. Because <laughs> this deals with a squirrel who they name U Ulysses or U Ulysses or whatever. And also a little girl who's got parents about to get divorced. The husband played by Ben Schwartz. Ooh, I mean, he's a cool guy, Ben Schwartz. Isn't he that's, Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah, he's Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, that's what people know about him now. Well, he's worked with Disney before, too. I think he was in the new DuckTales. He, I think he voiced in the new DuckTales. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. um, I think the other guy that's in this movie who was on Community also was a voice on DuckTales. Yeah, so I mean, it's that, that's why I mean product is like they're getting cast members they've been employed by disney i mean a lot of the movie is contributing to disney's properties and i mean which is immediately one of the film's biggest issues is that it really for an original movie film that's not based off of anything i think it's it based off a book actually well okay besides that but still, you, you make this adaptation feel like it's it, it, it's very much geared towards the Disney crowd. And this is from uh, Lena Khan, who's the director. director, And he she wrote and directed The Tiger Hunter. And that's the, that is the only other film besides Ulysses. The Tiger Hunter is actually an independent film. So Disney has taken independent filmmakers to either make big budget blockbusters. I mean, with the uh, Marvel's Eternals, the director of that, I think she put out an indie film. She uh, just did Nomadland. And before yes, that, I need to see that. It just got on Hulu. So. Yeah, so um, um, I'm, I'm really excited for Eternals, though, because yeah. it's something different. Yeah. And so I'm interested to see what she does with that. Yeah. Sometimes it's a good thing when they bring in these independent directors. Yeah, no, no, definitely. But other times I feel like Hollywood finds a director who makes a uh, relatively well-received and did well independent film and throws them into a big budget movie that they may not be ready yet to go to. I feel like with D Disney, Mar most of the time, I think Disney Marvel they've found directors who at least made their own i mean i i mean there are maybe a couple of films they've got a director that didn't work but i mean most of the time i think disney has found their own creatives i think well especially with marvel once yeah. feige got full control and got to speak directly to uh the ceo of disney and didn't have to go through middleman he's He's been able to pick talented directors and allow yeah. them to have a voice on the film that yeah. they're making. Back to this. That, that's where I see this is one of those films where it's made by someone who probably made a really great independent film. And like, okay, we're signing you to adapt this and you're going to have all these things here. It's and not just the references. I mean, going beyond just mentioning Marvel characters, you got Ben Schwartz saying "I love you," and Flora, Flora goes, "I love you 3,000." Oh, <laughs> wow. Yes, they say that. <laughs> I like, of course. 
Yeah, we haven't talked about Iron Man and, and uh, Wolverine enough in this film, which is weird because she has little uh, images in her head of superheroes just going beside her. But where she'll mention all these known Marvel characters, the superhero, the, the, the superheroes that end up going or that she imagines they're all the ones that his dad made because or her, her dad made because her dad is a comic book artist and i'm like okay so if you want to make this full disney product then you just make a make a guy dressed up as wolverine then if you really want to i mean that's the thing you make references i like references that are meaningful like they add to the story or there's some little easter eggs where you can just theorize and everything but we make references just to remind us that you're a disney movie then just get out of here with that but regarding squirrel girl because this whole relationship is between her and ulysses being the squirrel who suddenly has superpowers so she can he can uh glide he has super strength and they find this out progressively throughout the film meanwhile there is this animal uh not an animal hunter, but the people who capture wild animals and take them to a or animal control, pest control or something like that. And he's been looking for, or he's been hired because uh, Flora, Flora accidentally took his, her or uh, Ulysses to a restaurant. And then there was a, there was a uh, waitress going, ooh, what's that in the bag? I like what kind of wait what kind of waitress wants to inspect a, a customer's bags, but okay. And and for is like, okay, I don't think you want to touch that. No, it could be a cute puppy. I'm like, why would you put a cute puppy in a, in a golf bag? But then of course, zips up and finds the squirrels like, ah, oh, rabies, rabies. I, I, yeah, they keep calling. Uh, they keep they keep calling the squirrel like the rabies squirrel. So that's where they get the pest control. It's a it's a wild goose chase of uh, Flora or uh, Ulysses and and Flora just you know uh, hanging out together and on the run from um, the animal control. Meanwhile, trying to get the parents back because I briefly mentioned there is a divorce going, and honestly, after finding out why. If that is the case, it is freaking stupid. <laughs> like, when you go to the backstory of Ben Schwartz is that he was this brilliant comic book artist, but he cannot find the formula to love. As <laughs> Hold on. And he, he just r- ran out of ideas and he, and he just could not make any more comic books. So he just, he quit and he's now working at a knockoff Home Depot store <laughs> and then uh, the wife she gets so upset that they're filing for divorce because you know what that is that is a good question they filed divorce because Ben Schwartz left his job and I guess that made her upset because he didn't feel like wanting to make comic books anymore and they fought <laughs> I know you're looking at it like this is stupid. No, it is. This uh, this is one of those uh, 
very so hokey, made for little kids anime or live action films. Basically, a Disney Channel original movie from the nineties. It's even got all of those tropes. It's so wacky over the top. There's those car chases where you, you know Ben is like, "Whoa, whoa, watch where you're going!" Wah! You know all the all the people in the car they scream, Wah! "We're gonna crash!" And I, I I just watched it. I'm like, "Oh my god, this movie is driving me crazy with its excessive need to appeal to the kids and appeal to the hardcore Disney people, the ones that go, oh, I watch Star Wars. I know the the da 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 and." Luke, I'm your father. Oh my gosh. It, it, the movie said that. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, I, I give props of having a squirrel with superpowers and a little girl with toxin because it's like, okay, now you're looking at what you think would a squirrel girl show or movie be because it's in the works. I mean, Disney has been talking about having a squirrel girl adaptation of some sorts. I'm pretty sure they were going to do a Squirrel Girl show before. I don't know if Disney was going to do it, but I know like the lady that does the AT&T ads was attached to Star oh, the Squirrel yes. Girl series. Oh, yes. Yes, Anna Kendrick, she was uh, going to be... Or no, Anna Kendrick wanted to be Squirrel Girl. I don't think it was confirmed. That was just like, hey, I would love to be in a Marvel movie as Squirrel Girl. That would be my Marvel character. And I think that was just her request i don't know if that went through but i i do know marvels is going around and finding out okay what do we do with this character that character and i think the squirrel girl is popular enough to where that was probably on the table and they might go through it then in some way but yeah i i guess in a way i don't think this was their focus test to see if people want i <laughs> If people want a Marvel Squirrel Girl, we'll get Felicity or whatever the heck it's called. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for kids, I, yeah, I, I mean, it's cute for kids. I mean, it's got the old message of family and everything, but really all that is bare bones. It's the bare minimum of an entertaining kids movie. I didn't completely hate it because I do like Ben Schwartz and he is very entertaining in this film. Flores, no. I mean, she's just like, I'm that smart little girl who knows everything. And she even gets in debates with a comic book owner who also owns an arcade. And they get into discussions of who, which superhero would win. It's funny, they go into all these comic book heroes and they never mention DC. I'm saying this as I'm not even crazy about a lot of DC stuff they've been putting out, but I mean, you can tell this is just no Dark Horse comics. Right, because in a normal comic book shop, they'd be talking about multiple characters, yeah. not just Marvel people. Yeah, so they, they have debates of, okay, who will win between Spider-Man and this other character and all that. And the jokes, I mean, it's a comedy, but most of the jokes aren't that good. Occasionally, I've had, I've had a light laugh. But it's, I mean, most of the jokes are they're aimed at little kids. I mean, that's where you just get all the wacky hijinks. I mean, especially 
when characters are getting shot by a tranquilizer because uh, the uh, anim or the the or animal control he owns the I mean he has this uh, tranquilizer dart and you just see so many much hijinks just with Ben Schwartz getting shot with a tranquilizer uh, dart and then him not being able to move this body part going oh I can't drive because my left hand and, and he, you know there was a part where he had so many tranquilizers he's like oh, oh, oh so you just have Ben Schwartz does making a bunch of silly faces you know that makes the little kids laugh but for me like as an adult that that does get on my nerves when you just go for cheap humor but I mean yeah for for little kids it works I mean I would not recommend watching it if you're you are older than eight <laughs> based on you describing it I'm kind of glad my Disney plus app wasn't working because I don't think I would like this they're worse. I mean, a, a secret society of some board. Oh yeah, that's a stinker. That that to me is way worse. Just because even on concept it fails. This is like this is a basic as heck Disney Channel movie. I mean, you can say this is like the thirteenth year or one of those super goofy kids movies from the nineties, and that's what it is. I mean, it even has the lighting, like the the budget of this film feels so cheap that you you can tell what what it is made for and who it is clearly not so i mean i'm, I'm not even mad by this movie it's just that yeah it, it didn't uh it didn't exactly wow me per se but hey you know what that's where we get the real superhero stuff <laughs> yeah you can make all those marvel references i'm just gonna go back to watching marvel one yeah, WandaVision came out. I'll stick with that. On to our last thing, which is something you two wanted to see. And I, I, I don't know. I was honestly, I saw the trailer for it and I was just not ready to see it. I get it because Studio Ghibli, and we're talking about ear, ear drum and the, the butt cheeks, ear, ear, earwig. Isn't that the, earwig and the witch? Isn't that the name of it? Yeah, earwig. earwig and the witch. I looked at just the trailer of it the cg in that trailer did not look good to me and it's heartbreaking because i do love a lot of studio ghibli's films i mean from spirit away Howl's moving castle even some of the lesser ones i still really liked like uh the secret world of annie or arietti yeah that was cute Yeah. yeah I mean, but the one I, I just absolutely loved it was uh, the Wind Rises. Yeah, that yeah, that was that's been Miyazaki's last film, though he's going to make another one. I know. <laughs> I think he saw this film. And he's like, okay, I gotta teach my son a lesson how to make a movie. <laughs> well, I, I'm actually surprised they did a CGI movie because Hayao Miyazaki hates CGI. Yeah, that's why that's why he's coming back. He's like, oh my my son didn't do that. Make make a CGI film. And I'm not against CGI. I know I miss a lot of 2D too, but I mean, hey, if you can make a stylized 3D animated, I mean anime film, I I, I hear the loop in the third CG film. I haven't seen that yet, but I hear 
that movie is pretty good or at least the animation for that is great this i mean just looking at the film where are you getting the story it looks 10 years old the definition of the characters and even their hair and everything it really does not speak to me 20 because this movie came out in japan in 2020 but it was probably made in 2018 or or 2017 whatever the case was it was made recently and i i feel like this is early 2000s or mid 2000s i mean not for everything but a lot of the visual effects when it comes to the characters when you bring an anime drawing or Harry Miyazaki is drawing to CG. I don't think it meshes too well. And I feel like maybe it could if you took inspiration from Lupin the Third and to try to go, because I th- think with Lupin the Third, they didn't just made a 3D Lupin. They kind of, I mean, they made an animated film that is said in the Lupin world, but I mean, with Lupin care, I mean, Lupin the third as well, but I mean, they went all out with everything. And that's why that film looks beautiful to look at. And this one doesn't because it just tried to make everything work in 3d space and it, everything just doesn't feel that alive. And you notice this before you even get to our main character, when someone is running away on a motorcycle and you see her use her her piece of hair turns into worms those worms look terrible and that's upsetting because i do enjoy studio ghibli's film even movies that are not directed by hiro miyazaki i loved or marrying the witch's flower but that wasn't oh yeah that wasn't ghibli though well it wasn't ghibli but it was people who were part of had worked with had yeah. worked w- uh, at ghibli yeah so, it was a uh, it was one of the movies that came out after ghibli supposedly stopped production yeah but i mean still you had talent like people who knew the craft of a studio ghibli film even if the title of the studio wasn't exactly Studio Ghibli. And then, of course, Nino Cooney, the that original game that came out. The, Studio Ghibli even did, made video games that were compelling. They worked with 3D. They made 3D work. You just look at Nino Cooney and Nino Cooney 2, and then you look at this film, and this film actually looks not as good as those games. And that is a shocker. But okay, what about the story, which... With, with this, it feels like it's sort of recycling old territory with Studio Ghibli. You have a little girl who is forced to work at it or, or with a, someone of some supernatural being. And you got to do chores. You got to work for me. And I'll teach you magic. Just don't mess with the man, Drake. Okay, it's it's doing familiar territory. Spirit Away. I mean, there's some other films too. Kiki. Yeah. The problem is, I really don't like Earwig or... No, she's a very annoying little girl. And not only is she annoying, but she's kind of terrible. And she, her own yeah, mindset she, is... I she's so her. manipulative yeah. and makes people do whatever she wants. And, like, there's no repercussions for her behavior. Yeah, she's just a bratty kid. And that's... There's nothing great about her 
and she's the main character she's the one you're supposed to follow and you're supposed to be like okay maybe she's a little bit of brat but she's a kid there has to be a point where you're like okay i i get that but you're going a little too far out of your way to just get people in trouble and everything and that is disheartening when you got to look after this character for an hour and a half or close to an hour and a half and she is someone you're already sick of. I mean, I like things going on with the Mandrake. I mean, what he's about. I mean, he is a very interesting character. There is a good mystery around that character in particular. But I don't think he's enough to make me really recommend the film when you're following Earwig the mo- for the most part. And she just drives me crazy. And I, I won't... I mean, I, I now I don't encourage spankings too much, but she's someone who needs a big spanking. Like, <laughs> so, someone needs to be stripped on this girl because she really does not get it. And yeah, the CG is just so unappealing. That just adds to it. It's sad. I want to recommend this and say, yeah, go Studio Ghibli. But I'm like, okay, I totally get why Hiro Miyazaki wanted to come back one more time. Because he probably looked at this like, this is not the direction of what I want this company to go to. And right now, he's probably giving his son a spanking. <laughs> like, oh, but Dad, giving his 50 plus year old son a spanking. No, you go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's it's so sad because, like you said, Ghibli is known as a quality name for animation. Like, it's quality animation, quality storytelling, and it's not just the Miyazaki films. Like, when Marnie was there and the, the Takata films, I mean, they have really good movies, and you expect, like, a brand name when it comes to this brand. And... Yeah, it's the animation is definitely not up to snuff, and you would think they could do a CGI movie really well, but yeah, the CGI looks like like a blue sky twentieth century Fox mid two thousands movie, and maybe even worse. And yeah, the story I know it's based off a novel, but the story, yeah, it feels like similar ground that Ghibli has done better and more interesting. And yeah, the Mandrake is probably the most, actually the only interesting character in the story. And I do like, because I didn't watch this in Japanese. I watched the English dub with uh, Richard E. Grant was a great voice actor to use for um, that character. But yeah, I just didn't care what was going on. It was just kind of boring too, on top of bad animation yeah, and then there was a musical number two, and it's that is the most boring part of the movies. When they yep, that wasn't even a song. good song. I felt so generic. Yeah, and then and then end the film the the doing what and like bad to mediocre American kids movies do, and just get a big monster or something to fight at the end of the film. And I like Studio Ghibli. I would figure it would know better than to try to stoop to our american uh faults but yeah 
And the the most interesting thing besides this film, I'm not. The, oh my god, what am I saying? <laughs> oh geez, let me take that back. I mean, the Mandrake was when this film was about to end. It felt like it was gonna go somewhere, and right? Credits, <laughs> and then it's over. Like, oh, finally something interesting's happening, and then it ends. Yeah, it's like oh. I watched a like I watched someone's exposition for 80 minutes before the movie starts <laughs> like i got all the backstory before the movie begins that's how it felt yeah i, I mean i guess kids you know they got hbo max they they stumble upon this movie watch it i guess it's fine i don't know because honestly this is also kind of a bad message for kids <laughs> when you think about the main character and and how the resolution is for that main character. Yeah, give it a low decent. This is painful, actually. I guess there are worse films, but yeah, I mean, you look at Hiro Miyazaki and, and Studio Ghibli, and even what Studio Ghibli inspired for other studios. Yeah, I'm pretty confident Pixar would not exist without Studio Ghibli's influence. Yeah, yeah, this is a sad this movie yeah i think it's a decent film but uh as a studio ghibli film it's an avoid because of such high tier material they have but as just a animated film it's decent yeah well that's unfortunate but um yeah mm, that's all we had. yeah that's all we had today and i'm cutting this off so i can get into the game tadpole next time i'll talk about morian because i i need to i'm yeah i've been promising that but you know circumstances with the storm but and next week everything will come back together you know next week we're also talking about quite a few films tom and jerry you get to see them fight in live at well not them and like they're animated but in a live action environment so hey you know what I'm giving that movie a chance. We got to give one to Tom and Jerry. Cherry, speaking of uh, Jerry, what rhymes with Jerry's cherry. That's from the Rooster Brothers. And that's an interesting one. The Apple TV film starring Tom Holland. There's one more film, I believe, coming out that weekend. If not, then I'll replace that with No Man Land. I want to get to No Man Land, but I, there, there is uh, one other film so yeah i mean that's gonna be three films on friday but you know i, I will shotgun through that <laughs> you need uh, to watch whatever you, you like watching yeah oh you have the united states versus billy holiday that is right that's another big movie coming out right yeah that's what you got on the docket yes um yes oh corrections on the golden glow or clarification so one Night in Miami also is up for best song. Okay. As is Judas and the Black Messiah. But the movie you mentioned, music, its nomination is for Kate Hudson, also best actress in a musical or comedy. Yeah. So there you go. Well, I mean, what about best picture? Oh, best, best picture drama? Because they do two different categories. Okay. So. Let me pull it up just real I, fast. I don't but, seem like I actually care. No, I, I'm not not going to watch the Golden Globes. I'm, I mean, nobody really watches the Golden Globes. Then why do um, they happen if nobody watches them? <laughs> best picture drama is Mank, 
Promising Young Woman, The Father, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, and Nomadland. Okay, so, all right, yeah. And then, well, that's foreign language, yeah. which they threw Minari in there. Um, yeah. I'm trying to see what the musical comedies are. That's fine. But yeah, that is, it's, and I, I also watched the latest episode of one uh, division. There's two episodes left, so we're gonna kind of talk about the wrap up on cool. the first weekend of March. Oh, best comedy or musical? Yeah, music is up yeah. for that. Yeah. So my sorry, it's got two big nominations. Yeah, that's but- what I was saying. Is like you give you give something big to music, but not One Night in Miami or Judas and the Black Messiah. The other other noms are the Prom, Hamilton. Palm Springs and Borat subsequent movie film. Wait, Borat has a musical? Oh it's no, a comedy. it does. Yeah, they, they they throw the two genres together for whatever yeah. reason. I'm, Don't I'm... ask me. And I know that I think Sasha Baron Cohen is up, and so is the actress who plays his daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can find Cody at Film Nerd eighty five and the coat in the the. the Cody's film page and the, the the films and all that and real rejects all that cool stuff and this will be on Pondspress and different audio platforms also uh, little video clips on Instagram and TikTok Facebook.com says Pondspress Instagram says Pondspress and Twitter at Pond64 until next time take care stay warm stay safe